today on It's Time. We oftentimes think that God is going to have a neon sign, and when we get close, he plugs it in, and this giant arrow comes down and starts pointing at somebody. Well, I'll tell you something. When God really shows you, it's almost like that. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. God hears the people of the world's lostness. Have you seen it? Maybe you're living in it right now. You say, man, I need something. Come now, therefore. And he says, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I like Moses' response because it sounds like me. Verse 11. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So God said, I will certainly be with you. This will be a sign to you that I have sent you. You will have brought the people out of Egypt, and you shall serve God on this mountain. That's how you're going to know what I'm telling you the truth, because you're going to return here with them. Well, wow. isn't that something? He said, who am I? You know, friends, we got to look at that. Who are we? Hey, i got to tell you something. <laughs> Nothing will smack you in the head like a heart attack. Because when you realize that you're a heartbeat away from leaving it all, I'll tell you something, it changes your perspective. That happened to me. I told my wife um, three hours before my heart attack, you know, this is the best day I felt in four, four weeks. Three hours later, I flatlined in the hospital. It's really weird. Wilkes Booth, who, who uh, not Wilkes Booth, but um, Reverend Booth, who, who um, was instrumental in starting the organization called the Salvation Army. He said, every Christian should be dangled over hell for 10 seconds. It'll change your perspective forever. It's true. Because all of a sudden, we reassess value. And I think this is one of the great things that we have to understand in our life. Why am I here? And if I'm not reminded by God's word, I'll begin to believe them. Do you realize how much the world's ideals affect even us as Christians? It is. You, you look at it. Look, how, look, look at the, what they try to pass off as normal. 
You know, the Bible says in the last days, they'll say what is wrong is right, what is good is evil. We see that. And does it affect us? It can if we don't arm ourselves with what God's Word says. We need to hear God's Word. Because then I will not be effective in being about my father's business to pull them out of the fire. Now, you're not going to do that by yourself. Because as Moses said, who am I? I'm a nobody. But you've got to remember something. You with God is a majority. And it is true. We are a nobody until you become a child of God. Now you are a somebody. Sometimes I'll... When I pray for my kids and I send them to school, I said, now you go out and show them you're somebody. Because they are in Christ. But if you're not a person in Christ, you're a nobody. Because Jesus said, if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul, what has it profited you? you, you you're not going to take it with you. So he says. Moses says to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, they will say to me, what is his name? What, who shall I say? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God says, tell me I am sent you. That's who I am. Now, it's interesting because he says, the God of your fathers who sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? You know, for many years I read this, that I thought this is indirectly what, what he was going to say to Pharaoh. But it's really... God saying to Moses, when you speak to the children of Israel, tell them the I am sent you. What is amazing to me is when they came to Jesus and they said in John 8, they said, you're not 50 years old, Jesus, and you say you've seen Abraham? And Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus said that he was the I am to the Jews in John 8, 58. And John 8, 59 says, and they picked up stones to stone him. Because Jesus there in John 8, 58 was claiming to be God. That was a capital offense to the Jewish nation. You didn't dare do that. In fact, when they would, when they would copy the scriptures... As they would sit there with their pen and ink, as they would begin to write on the parchments, all these different things. And they would come to the name God. What they would do before they would write Yahweh's name down, they would go and take a bath, come down, write Yahweh's name, and continue to transcribe till they came to the name Yahweh again and go take another bath. And so the point is simply this. Jesus then claims to be the Yahweh. He claims to be the I Am, the Eagle Amini in the Bible. And boy, I'll tell you, they didn't want to hear it then. They didn't want to hear it even today. And so, more where God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord your God of your fathers, God Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. You can see why when Jesus said he was the I Am in John eight fifty eight, why they wanted to stone him. 
Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you and you have seen what is done to you in Egypt. Speaking of the slavery, and I have... I have said, I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt and the land of the Canaanite to the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, Termites. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to the land flowing with milk and honey. That was the promise. God's saying, You got a pretty good place here. You've been impoverished. It's not good anymore. So I'm going to move you. It's time to go. So, and they will indeed hear your voice, and you shall come and with the elders of Israel to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to them, The Lord God of Hebrews has met, me, met with us, and now please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go no, not even by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. After that, he will let you go. Now, again, most of you are familiar with this. This is where the ten plagues came upon Egypt. But Moses is getting a little taste of what's going to go on. By the way, God does that for you and me. God gives us a little taste of what's going to happen in the future. We don't have all the blueprints because we probably wouldn't believe what, how God would use us anyway. I remember when we started our first radio station here, I thought that was pretty neat. I, I used to listen to it and stare at the radio going, that is amazing. I remember I was uh, when we were downtown and... One of the board members, thank God, is no longer one. He was hanging outside my door trying to gather information. And he heard me talking to a transmitter company. And I said, well, how much for one transmitter? And, and he told me, and I said, well, how much for 10 transmitters? And, and um, uh, he went and told everybody, saying, Oh, Mike's just lying to these transmitter companies. How much for one? How much for ten? He's trying to get a good deal lying to these companies. Well, the truth of the matter is, friends, I didn't buy ten transmitters. I bought 400 transmitters. See, they don't see what you see. They don't do what you do. And God prepares you and me for what's going to happen in the future. If somebody would have said, you're going to have 400 stations someday, I'd said, you know what, you're smoking dope, skipping rope. There is no way. Because I kind of know a little bit of what it takes to maintain those. And it was only by the grace of God do I have a good, great team that allows me to keep everything running and, and keep us out of the, out of the red ink and, and all those kinds of things. That's God. But that's the way God works. God is bigger than we are. And so he tells us here, I will stretch my hand out, strike Egypt, all my wonders which I will do in their midst. After this, he'll let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go, you shall not go empty handed. 
But every every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her, articles of silver, articles of gold, clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and upon your daughters, and you shall plunder the Egyptians. You know, God was was, uh, getting ready to do something. Now, was God stealing from the Egyptians? No, they enslaved them for hundreds of years, and God says, it's payback time. Nothing misses God's observation. Thank God for that. First of all, the sacrifices you've done for God, you're going to be rewarded for. I like that. Second of all, he's there in the very present time of trouble. You're not in this alone. Remember, as God uses you to pull people out of the fire, God will give you wisdom and and, and courage and insight how to do that. And to be about your daddy's business is so important in these days that we live in. You see, we're not just saved to set. We're saved for a reason. And we need to put feet to our faith and be about our father's business. And when you look and see how, you know, Moses was out going, man, I'm going to be a world evangelist. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to go up to Pharaoh and say, hey, dude, it's time for us to go. No, that's not what happened. As a matter of fact, Moses was just tending his flock on the backside of the wilderness. And God says, you. And you know what? That's what God does to all of us. He just says, look, what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm tending my flock. I'm I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. God says, no, you're going to do something all new and it's going to be great. And I just want to encourage every one of you today. You've got a daddy in heaven that loves you. The Bible says you're going to serve somebody. It's going to either be the devil or it's going to be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. And I want to encourage you today to check who is your daddy? Who's your father? Because you see, all good things, the Bible says, comes down from the father of lights. You need that in your life. And you know, when you see God use you to reach out to a lost world, that's what motivates you to go on. You see, I've always said the miracles of God are still just like they were in the Bible, but most people don't live close enough to the edge to need or to see them, and that's the way God works. Letting God be God is such a wonderful thing in your life. But just saying, Lord, get my attention. If you see something out of the ordinary, check it out. If you see a cup, And it catches your attention, and you walk over and look at it. God may not want you to look at the cup, but there might be standing somebody by that cup that you need to talk to. We oftentimes think that God is going to have a neon sign, and when we get close, he plugs it in, and this giant arrow comes down and starts pointing at somebody. Well... I'll tell you something, when God really shows you, it's almost like that. But it doesn't start with the flashing neon sign. It starts with a burning bush. It starts with a cup on the ground. It starts with something that happens that normally would maybe make you really, really mad. Only to God to get our attention to say, this is the direction. I want you to go. You got a father in heaven that loves you. You got a daddy in heaven that will arrange the circumstances in your life so that you will be where he wants you to be. 
And remember this, he has the very best for you. You see, that's what a loving father does. He watches out for the best of his children. And while his son was yet a long way off, he saw him. And he didn't just see him with disgust. I think he saw him that he was coming home in his underwear. And rather than poke fun at his son, he brought a robe and he brought a ring. He brought shoes for his feet and came and blessed him. You know, you might feel like a son that ran away from God this morning. Maybe you don't even have a dad. Maybe you never knew your dad. Maybe your dad was was somebody that wasn't somebody you wanted to know. I got good news for you here today. You got a daddy in heaven that loves you and knows what you need even before you ask, the Bible says. I like that. By me asking, it simply proves that God knows what he's going to do for me. And while he was let a long way off, he knew what his son needed. He knew what his child needed this morning. God knows what you need. And the Bible says, have you come to your senses yet to realize you ain't going to do it on your own? That's what repentance is. That's where we say, okay, God, uncle, I've tried it. It don't work. I don't want to go around the mountain again. Please, just, I surrender. That's what the Bible says repentance is. And the Bible says when we repent, accept what he's done for us, we become his child. And we're no longer illegitimate. We're no longer an orphan, but we have been adopted by our father. Isn't it weird? Again, I'm still amazed by this. Every time I think about it, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our father, which art in heaven. Isn't it weird that God wants us to relate to him as a father, not some deity that must be appeased by knocking on doors, having eight children, you know, all the stuff that religion says you got to go out and do he just says relate to me like a daddy that loves you Paul says whereby we cry Abba father and the word Abba means the relationship that you would have with a father that you would crawl up in their lap and talk to them put your arm around their neck that's what Abba means you have a father relationship not some God that's out in the outermost cosmos, that's unknowable, that has ten heads. But a daddy that loves you and says, what's on your heart today? And then as we tell him what's on our heart, God says, you know what though? That stuff just sideline. Let me tell you what's on my heart. And that's what communion is. That's what being a Christian is. That's what true faith is. It isn't church religion junk. Oh, the, the cults manipulate people by taking a father-child relationship and interjecting it with a bunch of religious junk. All God says is, come to me. All you are labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Hey man, I need that. I need that. This morning, if you need that, you pray this prayer. Mean it from your heart, and God will do as you ask. It's a simple prayer. Really, it's just a combination of where people came to Christ in the Bible, and we just kind of put it all together. That's where that prayer comes from. But basically, let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I ask you to forgive me. 
of wearing myself out on things that don't matter. And so from this day forward, I want to be your child. I want you to be my father. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me, covered his blood, covered my sins. And he rose from the dead so I can be alive in him and be your child. So from this day forward, I put my life in your hands. Make me the best I can be for you. Thank you for eternal life. I never have to be scared of dying ever again. Because I know when I close my eyes here for the last time, I'll open them and see you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, all it was. Just saying, hey Lord, uncle. (laughs) Yeah, when you cry uncle, then you cry daddy. Because he's got the best for you. Being about your daddy's business, the Bible says it carries an eternal reward. You need that. You know, a lot of people say, well, if I just get to heaven by the skin of my teeth, I'll be happy. I can tell you this. You may not care about rewards today in heaven, but you will be when you get there. I think there's a little bit of responsibility of pastors to help equip you so you know how to get them their rewards. But saying, God, what do you want me to do for you? That's going to, you know, the Bible says even a cup of cold water in his name carries a reward. God sees it all. I've saw their affliction. Listen. While yet his son was a long way off, he saw him. God sees us, and God loves you. If you prayed that prayer this morning, if you don't have a Bible, I'll give you one. We'll have a baptism. You can sign up for it. Um, A good place to read in your Bible, if you already have one, is the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John chapter 3. And just read, and let the Lord speak to your heart. Be in fellowship. They're going to encourage you. And um, just let God bless you. He will. He doesn't have favorites. He loves us all. Have your kids ever come to you and said, Mommy, Daddy, who do you like best, me or sister? Oh, I like your sister a whole lot better than you. I mean, that would be crushing. But you say, Lord, I I love both of you. I love you both the same. I may love you differently, but that doesn't mean the level of love is not the same. God loves us all the same. May the Lord reveal to you that love this week. May he just settle your heart. He's begun a work in you. He's going to complete it. He's clothed you with the robes. We've all come home naked. He's put a ring on your finger. He's given you authority. He's put shoes on your feet. May the Lord just keep you and cause you to understand his great love for you. Father, for every person here, every dad that's here, every mom that's here, may you remind us all the work that you've begun in us, you're going to complete. Lord, for those that said yes to you today, may you just take your bucket of golden love and pour all over them. Let them know how much you love them. The God, it isn't religion, it's simply a relationship with you. 
where we go, Daddy. And so on this Father's Day, happy Father's Day, Lord. Thank you that we can say our Father, which art in heaven. And so, Lord, for the rest of us, may you just give us encouragement through the week. Straighten out the rough places so we can be about your business. And may we rest in you in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.